0: Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates,
1: Send In the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen & DePrisco,
0: Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J., Joining us now is the actor and director who is best known for his 10-year role as Warren Potsey weber on the iconic television series Happy Days, a role in which he was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor, Series, Miniseries, or Television Film. He has since become a prominent television director working on programs such as Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Lizzie McGuire, and The Secret Life of the American Teenager. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who made us laugh and, through the magic of reruns, continues to make us laugh today as Patsy Weber, the one and only Anson Williams, WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Anson. Hi, nice to be on. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, this year for you has been filled with ups and downs and uh, life changing in many ways. Your uncle, Doctor Heimlich the, of the famed Heimlich maneuver, passed away December seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, that right. same week, on December twenty second, you're diagnosed with colon cancer. Sixteen right. weeks later, we all watched this past Thursday night. You competed in the Battle of the Network Stars. Now, I know from following you on Facebook, you allow uh, allow a lot of your recovery, to having a strong purpose in the greater good, which is what, in turn, helped you to turn your life around in your recovery. Actually, can you share with our audience who might not know the story and the events that changed your life?
1: Um, Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, After, uh, you know, finding out about Heimlich's passing, I'll tell you more about that later in the interview. But, uh, yeah, I mean, out of the blue... Yeah, you know, I didn't really have a lot of symptoms or anything. I found out I had a, a colon cancer, but that was bad. But the good thing was that the doctor communicated to me that if you're going to get it, you have the one to get. I th- well, I said, well, thanks for the good news. <laughs> right. But uh, so no, so I was um, operated on twice in three days because the first operation twisted, it, and they had to do it again three days later. So because cause it's a resectioning, you know. So uh, it, that was quite challenging, but I'll tell you, something like that happens, it kind of blindsides you, and I mean, it just really puts priorities, you know, right in front of your face. I mean, every cliche is true that you hear in life, but uh, I was determined. I was determined to beat this thing and just keep and, and move forward because you are what you think. And sure enough, uh, I was able to beat. I don't have any cancer in my body anymore. I had 16 weeks to prepare for Battle of the Network Stars. They didn't think I could do it, and uh, I did it. I did it through just perseverance, sheer will, and and not letting negative people affect me. So, um, And here we are talking today.
0: So it's so interesting, because you, you think about that, and then you position to where that it was actually filmed. Because you attended Burbank High School, and you were the captain of your track team. So I have to imagine 16 weeks after beating cancer being on the, the set of Battle of the Network Stars on a track in California competing again had to be something special. What's going through your mind the, the second Jason Hervey hands you the baton on a, a track you know, after beating colon cancer and flashing back to your high school days? Um, you know,
1: First of all, I don't know where people put that down, that I was captain of the track team. I never was. I never did track in high school. I did football. Okay. okay, take a look but, at Wikipedia. But, no, actually, what happened, so interesting, you, you get in these, you know, in these events, and you, you, go, you first think, oh, this will be fun, but it's amazing. You go right back to being a kid in, in Little League, and you get very competitive. <laughs> and all I knew was that J- Jason was way behind, and I had a lot, I had a lot, of, uh, a lot of space to catch up. So that, that's what on my mind was to try to catch up to the person in front of me. That's, that's what was on my mind.
0: Yeah, so of, of all the events you had to prepare for, and there are a lot of them, in battle of the network stars. What was the toughest one for you to prepare for, and why?
1: Well, the, the thing is, you don't you don't you don't really know what event you're going to do until you get there. You know the events, but you don't know which one you're going to get into. They happened to put me in two that that you know weren't my um, you know you know best platforms. Basketball. I mean, I'm okay, not great and I'd never been in a kayak, a kayak in my life. Right. Yeah. yeah,
0: we we, we said the kayak when you don't want to see that keep that footage.
1: Racing against Ian, you know, Ian Zierding, who Ziering, who's starring in Sharknado, who I directed a lot on 90210. And he's an athlete. You know, he's, a, he's just and he works out on kayak. <laughs> so, there I am going against Ian, but, but but you know, because of Sheriff about Belafonte, we actually won that event. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I mentioned high school, where you were a football player, not the, 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 the captain of your track team. I know that you credit a job that you held in high school, as well as your boss there, Willie Turner, as really the place where you learned a lot of your life lessons. Can you tell our audience a little bit about Willie Turner and what he meant to you?
1: Well, sure. Um, you know, growing up, it w- it was it was difficult because. Uh, my parents were there, but they were tough. My dad just came out of World War II, two Purple Hearts, almost died. He saw way too much at a young age. So you can understand it was a, it was a rough upbringing. And I didn't have the best sense of myself. Uh, I was directionless. And, um, and we didn't have money. We didn't have, any, you know, we, one bedroom, I mean, three bedroom, one bathroom, little house, you know, just a number in the world. And uh, I got a, a part-time job as an assistant janitor at Leonard's Department Store in Burbank, and my boss was Willie Turner, who was African-American, uneducated, alcoholic, with functioning, but a prophet. Uh, He called his janitorial room the talk room, and there were a couple of oil drum cans in there, and we'd sit on them, and he's the first person that talked to me, not at me. And Willie Turner helped me find me. Because of that job, I found out who I was, what I was good at, and where I was going. If it wasn't for Willie Turner, I wouldn't be talking to you today. And uh, that just shows you—you never ever know where you're going to get your answers. You never ever know where you're going to get that connection that's going to put you on the right road. So never judge anybody. It's not a billionaire that's going to like that's that's really going to help you. It's not a movie star that's going to help going to help you. It's some unknown gifted prophet that just happens to enter your life. If you, if you have a feeling of connection, go with it. That's going to be the change, that's what's going to move you forward, and that's going to put you on, That's what's going to put you on your destined road.
0: We're talking to television icon and legend Anson Williams. Uh, Happy Days aired from January 15, 1974 to September 24, 1984 on ABC, a total of 255 half-hour episodes spanning over 11 seasons. It would become one of the biggest hits in television history, heavily influenced the television style of its time, so much so that it spawned spinoffs including the hit shows Laverne and Shirley, Mork, and Mindy. Were you surprised at how successful that show became? And not only the success, but how, you know, you go back to the honeymooners, like to the moon, Alice, and and some of the catchphrases, but you look at Fonzie's A, or sit on it, Ralph, or, you know, don't be a potsy, all the catchphrases that would come out of that show as well.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that was because uh, of collaboration. Gary Marshall was an incredible boss, and he inspired us to learn More than acting, he he wanted us to use the Paramount lot as a college, and and learn to wear many hats. And he also opened up the show, so all those iconic parts of the show were really created by the cast, kind of spontaneously through the week. Everyone contributed. I mean, Henry Winkler, he created that character. You know, Um, Mr. Mr. Mrs. C. I brought that up. I said, why are we saying this to Mrs. Cunningham? Why don't we go, Mr. Mrs. D. uh, Ralph Donnie Donny I still got it. That was his. Yes. He came up with that. <laughs> um, so a lot of that just came out of spontaneity, you know, the moment. And uh, so it was a wonderful creative platform to, to to be able to contribute. But more than that, he, you know, I was able. I personally was able to to um, shadow some of the greatest directors of all time, Polanski, um, 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 so many others. And uh, so it not only was it a fantastic show to be on great friends that were uh, for life, but it was also a chance to learn so many other areas of the entertainment business.
0: It's interesting that you mar- mentioned Gary Marshall, who actually, it's almost a year ago to the, the day that he passed away. Um, he was also an actor, director, producer, writer, voice artist, best known, obviously, for creating Happy Days, various spinoffs, and you know, developing Neil Simons, The Odd Couple for television, and directing Pretty Woman as well and you Mm -hmm. take a look at at that resume, those are a lot of things that you would go on to do in your life as well. How Mm -hmm. much of an impact did I have to imagine that Gary Marshall might have had a similar impact on you like like Willie Turner did as well? He
1: did. uh, Definitely. Gary was another mentor, another prophet that came into my life. Without Gary, I would have never, I mean, I never would have succeeded in the entertainment business. I would have been pretty one-note, and, and, and I, 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 I would have seen what I didn't have, not what I had. He opened my mind up. He opened my, the possibilities up. He, he gave me confidence to further myself. He gave me the opportunity to further myself. And uh, yeah, very indebted to Gary.
0: So that raises an interesting point because you've done pretty well as a director in television since then. And of course, Ron Howard has made his name as a director in feature films. How much of what, you learned uh, so on the set of Happy Days translate to being able to be a director and what's carried over through then?
1: Well, Ron, Ron always wanted to be a director. In fact, a lot of people don't realize that when he was 12 years old he entered a Kodak film contest as a civilian uh, and he won the national award for best film uh, edited in the camera. So he was always, always talented behind the camera and, uh, and as for me uh, I started writing and producing and it was wrong. It said, you know, you should you should think about directing television. And Gary made it possible, I, like I was saying, to be able to shadow, stand right by John Schlesinger when he was directing Day of the Locust, Roman Polanski when he was doing Back a Lot of Chinatown. I mean, every film that was shot on that lot, I I could sit there and, and just watch the best. And that was my college education in film. So, um, yeah, so it was just an incredible opportunity.
0: You know, I think you said it best Thursday night on Battle of the Network Stars. You said, we all wanted to be Fonzie, our parents all wanted us to be Richie, but in reality, we all were pretty much Potsy." You know, yep. Potsy was one of those few characters to remain through the entire run of the show, including the spot on Love American style, uh, entitled Love and the Happy Days, which obviously became spun off the Happy Days. Um, so you take a look at it, I guess the question is, if you had to break down Anton Williams, the person, into Happy Days DNA, what percent do you think you are, Fonzie, Richie Cunningham, Ralph Mouth, and Patsy Weber?
1: Well, I congratulate you. That's the first time I've ever, I've ever been asked that question. <laughs> I've, I've been asked a lot of questions. I, you know, um, every, you know, I. It's, it's funny. I would say. None. It's your unique. It's your own unique self. Nice. You know what I mean. I got to congratulate Fonzie, you. That's a good answer. I, I pretty much. I pretty much tailor that after a best friend of mine, his personality, what he did. Um, um, as far as I mean, Fonzie. I mean, Henry Winkler couldn't be more opposite the character. He's a genius actor. Right. There was none of him in that character. Other than I, I would say the one thing, I would say the one thing I had in common with all of them was heart. Every character had heart. And every character, actually, when you got down to it, was selfless, and that, that I think I think I, I think there's a piece of that in every character, and that's what I gained from it.
0: You know, you mm-hmm. talked about Mark started by saying it's been a sad year, people passing away. Right. One of the more recent ones is Aaron Moran. How much did that affect you and affect the whole cast of Happy Days?
1: Well, it, it well, that was uh, that was just so sad, because uh, you know it's funny. Um, when we did the first pilot for Happy Days, and it didn't sell, and they played it off on Love American Style, uh, a year later, American Graffiti came out, and uh, Greece was on Broadway, and ABC decided to do a second pilot. And when I found out about it, I was in San Francisco playing a, a concerned boyfriend part with Kay Lenz on a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. And uh, this wonderful young actress was playing her sister, and her name was Erin Moran. So when I got back to do the second pilot, they were still casting a new Joni. And I recommended Erin. And uh, they brought her down and she got the part. But, and she's wonderful, and she brought light into the room. But I don't care if you a newbie star, a billionaire, whatever. You need, you need a good family life. You need a good upbringing. You need parents who are nurturing. If you don't have it, no amount of money, no amount of fame can make you whole. And Erin got a bad hand. She had just a horrid. Horrid family life, a horrid upbringing. You know, just very. She didn't get the care a child should get, and it affected her life. And what's sad was, just when she was getting it together, she had a wonderful new husband called. Well, actually, they've been married for a long time. Steve. She was getting her life together, and she got hit with throat cancer. And uh, I really thought that I really thought that she would beat it, I, and I was just taken aback when. She passed really suddenly, yeah. and um, but even at that, Marion Ross called us all up. Said, "You know, I'm filling a party, and it's to celebrate Aaron." So there was a quiet party with Ron Howard there, Scott Bayo there, I was there, quite a few others, and we celebrated Aaron. And uh, that was a wonderful—that was a wonderful way of relieving the sadness, relieving the-, the pain. Was was more or less getting involved in the joy she brings she brought to the world and continues to bring the the world to her performances.
0: Yeah, before we close out our segment with a, a game of word association, something we haven't done in a long time, I want you to tell our audience a little bit of, of something that you're very passionate, and you did mention that you were going to circle back to the Heimlich, and this is something you were involved with him. And, you know, it is very important because one in five accidents are obviously caused by drowsy driving. So you, can you tell us about your involvement in, you know, a, a venture that you basically started with him, and you've been getting the word out a lot on your Facebook page about the... The alert drops.
1: Yeah. I mean, and by the way, it's blowing up. I mean, I, you know, I've been in the product business for quite a while, along with entertainment. This product is blowing up. And thank goodness, because of Dr. Heimlich's brilliance. More lives. Loretta Switt is going public, by the way, who used to be on mass. It just saved her best friend's life. Everyone out there, you listen to this and listen closely, because this will save your life, your friend's life, your kid's life, your husband's life. It will affect you in a way where tragedy does not have to tear apart your family. Please listen to me. Years ago, I was directing a show called Slap Maxwell with Dabney Coleman, and we were in the Palmdale area of California, which is the local desert, and I fell asleep driving home. I was so exhausted. I blacked out. I woke up bouncing around around in the desert. I was scared. I'm lucky I'm alive today. I could have killed myself. I talked to Dr. Heimlich about it, who is my uncle, very good friend. We got the hind maneuver on national television together. We've been close for years. He's brilliant at how the human body works and sensory connection of this and that and up and down and natural cures and all this kind of stuff. He said, Anson, cut up lemons, keep them in the car. When you start feeling drowsy, bite into it. And he explained how sour citrus with citric acid hits the lingual nerve on top of your tongue. And when it hits the lingual nerve, there's nothing in your system but you will have an automatic reflex reaction of adrenaline to the body. Your own body will wake itself up instantly. So I did that. I'd bite into lemons, never had the problem again. And the only two tastes that will do it is super sour citrus lemon or hot pepper like jalapeno. You put either one of those, boop, you're up, you're awake. Well, a few years ago, we're researching drowsy driving, my business partner and I. Man, there's 168 million drowsy drivers. 168 million growing every year. As you said, one out of five accidents. One out of five of those say they fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, of this 168 million, and you know there's more. Um, families are being torn apart. There's more deaths with drowsy driving than drunk driving and drug driving combined. The average age of death is 18 to 25. This is crazy. And we can cure it, we can stop it. You can't even drink coffee. Oh, caffeine. No, it takes 20 minutes to take effect. Then you need too much of it. It screws up your sleep pattern. It doesn't work because the problem is getting bigger every year. Dr. Heimlich knew the answer. He knew the cure. As simple as the Heimlich maneuver, lemons. I called up Dr. Heimlich, and I said, what if we take the right amount of citric acid, combine it with the sour lemon and water, and what if we put it in a spray? And what if we just hit the top of the tongue, the lingual nerve?" hit? He goes, oh, my God, answer. He thought it was brilliant. He said, get it done. You'll save more lives in the Heimlich Maneuver. Absolutely get it done. So it took two years to get it right. Subject groups, this, that, up and down. we save lives in the process, and it's done. We have Alert Drops. And if you go to alertdrops.com, that's alertdrops.com, you can get the product. You can read all the history behind it. You can read the science. There's so much science backing it up. We were already honored by the United States Congress, by the California State Senate, by the City of Los Angeles. But I don't care about that. And especially after going through what I went through, and, lit, you know, with cancer and all that, I, went, I mean, you know, I believe in Dr. Hyman's philosophy. He said, Anson, we're all going to die. We better damn well leave something behind positive that doesn't. And boy, did he leave something behind. Even in his passing in December, he's saving lives every day. And now even more with alert drops because he knows the sensory connection to tongue and brain. So please, everybody out there, save your kid's life. Have alert drops in the darn car, it w- I mean, it- it's saving lives, it will save a life, and it's simple, simple protection.
0: It actually should be a sponsor of our show, because sometimes mm-hmm. when A.J. starts talking, he kind of has that effect no, no, that, on people. That's, try- so, that's <laughs> only when you start talking hockey. <laughs> All right, Hanson, we me. have about a minute before we have to go to break, and I, I want to play a quick game of word association with you. So just when I say these things, just the first thing that comes into your mind real quick, okay?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah.
0: All right, eulogy for a wide receiver. Uh, sad. (laughs) As his first TV role, and uh, believe it or not, uh, I believe this guy was the director of that shoot. Steven Spielberg. Genius. James Brolin. Uh, great guy, great. Jimmy Smits. Great. (laughs) The Secret Life of an American Teenager. Okay. (laughs) Really? Wow. All right, Tom Hanks. Brilliant. Robin Williams. brilliant sir. Penny Marshall. Sad. Happy Days. Wonderful. And lastly, Anson Williams. Lucky. Anson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for many years of entertainment. More importantly, for the fight to help people stay awake while they're driving, even when A.J. is talking. So we appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks so much. <laughs>
1: And, by the way, thank you so much for the time. Because, honestly, I can't do this alone. And you, because of your heart and letting me on, I bet you saved a life. Someone's going to listen to this, and you saved a life. And that's wonderful.
0: All right. We appreciate Anson. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: You got a TV icon, Anson Williams.